Hey, this is Clark, and you're listening to the Paleo Hacks Podcast. One out of every three U.S. deaths are caused by some form of cardiovascular disease. That is what uh, the American Heart Association said. Um, and that's why this week's show is really important. You know, heart disease is still one of the leading causes of death in, in the world. I think it's number one and number two are stroke or heart-related is- issues. We've had people in the past come on and talk about heart disease prevention, obviously getting to the root cause of it. And this week, we're bringing on Dr. Jack Wolfson, who spent the past 14 years really researching what causes heart disease. How do we fix it? What are the signs and symptoms? What can we do on an everyday so that we don't have to be one of those one out of three? Or if our friends and family have it, how do we better guide them on the right path towards preventing this big pervasive killer? Um, So nothing to be scared about. We break it into really... Dr. Wolfson breaks it down into really practical terms and uh, goes over some common myths about heart disease, what we can do on an everyday to prevent it, and how diet and lifestyle play a massive role in reversing it and preventing it. Fascinating show. PaleoHacks.com if you want our other shows over there, recipes, articles, and more. That's over there at PaleoHacks.com. Then if you want to get a hold of me, I am at ClarkDanger.com. Get on the mailing list. Get the free 11 questions to change your life ebook over there and stay up to date. I'll see you back here at the end of the show. But without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Jack Wolfson. My next guest is board certified cardiologist with over 14 years in practice. He's the author of the best selling book, The Paleocardiologist. The Natural Way to Heart Health. Dr. Jack Wolfson, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was my pleasure, Clark. Great to talk to you. I was browsing the stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks. We're excited to have you. The paleocardiologist makes his first appearance on the Paleox podcast. And uh, I was browsing your YouTube channel before this and found a video on the benefits of hot peppers and hot foods with heart health. And I never knew that. That was pretty fascinating. Um, what... What are just sparked the curiosity of the listeners? What are the some of the benefits of hot stuff and heart health? Well, I think that you know we've kind of known that for you know for years that uh, hot things are a vasodilator, and anything that opens up blood vessels kind of is going to be good for cardiovascular health. So uh, whether we're opening up coronary vessels that supply the blood to the heart, or we're opening up peripheral blood vessels that are going to help normalize blood pressure, and then of course just it being a vegetable and any form of uh, vegetables going to have tremendous amount of phytonutrients that just work their magic, yeah. and it's and it's amazing for me as someone who's been in the pharmaceutical space for so many years as a conventional cardiologist that it's so clear that the pharmaceuticals uh, for blood pressure and so many other situations. I mean, they all came from the spice industry. They came from the plants. They studied the molecules that worked. Then they changed. They made a little tweak, put a patent on it, and. Uh, billions of dollars later, they've got their blockbuster drugs. Wow. So like the extracts from them? No doubt. I mean, all these different things that are known to be, you know, uh, little ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers, all these things we use in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, the spices do the same thing. Even uh, if you look at gut flora, what gut flora does to proteins and the amino acids and, and converts those peptides into vasoactive peptides that actually lower blood pressure. It's proven huh. in animal literature and we're seeing it in human data as well. Wow. Okay. So uh, why such an emphasis on, on heart health and cardiology uh, for you? How did you get into this, uh, this niche of the health world? 
Well, obviously, I, I am a cardiologist. I'm a board-certified cardiologist. I went through four years of medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology, and I was three years on the job doing angiograms, pacemakers, all the kind of fancy heart stuff, staying up all night on call and uh, you know, trying to play the uh, the hero and lifesaver. But it was actually my, my chance meeting with my future wife, uh, a woman who would become my wife, and she opened up my eyes to the holistic world. So I practice now in the holistic cardiology space and use nutrition, lifestyle changes, obviously specifically paleo, nutrition and lifestyle to get people off the pharmaceuticals. I use a lot of evidence-based supplements and people come from all over the world to my practice. I don't have any competition in my space. Uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, Clark, you know, there are a lot of paleo podcasts, yeah. uh, but as far as you know, paleo cardiologists, there are none, yeah. uh, which, is, which is very cool. Yeah, and again, I was on your YouTube channel, and what was fascinating is I saw a testimonial uh, for someone who did a paleo challenge. Uh, do you remember which video I'm talking about? Uh, I think it was a uh, yes, tw- yes. 28-day challenge on there, and the his. I'll, I'll let you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, and he did absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was a guy by the name of Scott, and uh, he was kind enough to let us uh, film him on a journey. And in just 28 days, he lost uh, like 12, 13 pounds and... Uh, you know, we checked his blood work before and we checked it afterwards and we have that on the video as well. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, but I see this on a daily basis. When people follow paleo nutrition, they get into the lifestyle, they do the things like the sunshine and they get the sleep and they get the physical activity. Their numbers turn around very quickly. We don't need the pharmaceutical industry to help people uh, by any stretch. We can do it all uh, naturally, holistically in the way that nature intended. Yeah, he, his numbers were almost cut in half. I think triglycerides on there, all these big markers that the doctors would look at and say you need drugs. Well, you put them on the Paleo Challenge 20 days later, um, miraculous turnaround. So that's that's Miracle. adding more. Yeah. And I say that, Clark, on a daily basis to my patients that, uh, you know, I can I can go to any cardiology conference in the world and put up this data, put up my patient information and just display what we're doing. And it's right. just so, so impressive. And once again, we don't need the pharmaceuticals. We can do it all naturally and we do it better. We know that from the pharmaceutical space, you know, that risk goes from here down to here with uh, with uh, statin drugs, for example. But our goal is not here or here. It's we want it down here. We want our risk down to zero, not dropping from 7 to 6% with the drugs. And, uh, and that's even taking the drug industry at, at face value. I mean, what if, it's, what if it's all made up, all the data? It's very easy to fudge data sure. as, as we learn on a, on a daily basis. So with that, I'm, I'm sh- you know, there's a lot of uh, pseudoscience is what it's called out there floating around, things that you can't necessarily prove. But when you have the numbers in front and you're showing people actual blood work with quantifiable data points, um, it's kind of hard to deny the the effectiveness of what you're doing. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, the, the ability these days to quantify that in so many different testing parameters uh, uh, is, is really spectacular. Take a condition called leaky gut. Uh, leaky gut. When my wife uh, first told me about it, I kind of laughed in her face, saying, right. "What is leaky gut? I've never heard of that. I went through four years, you know, three years and three years, you know, ten years after college, uh, never heard of leaky gut." And she said, "Well, that's your problem. Go read about it." So I go to read about it, and there's really not much to read. There's a lot of kind of people that are talking about it, and it really was truly uh, theoretical, although it definitely made sense. And over the last ten years, it is now pervasive in the medical literature about uh, leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability. And over the last few years, conventional testing available for the mainstream uh, is out there. One of my favorite tests is by a company called Vibrant America, 
they're a wheat zoomer test, and that looks for the components of leaky gut. So it looks at zonulin and anti-zonulin, anti-actin, anti-LPS or lipopolysaccharides. So the tests are there to diagnose leaky gut. And then on that same panel, you have all these antibodies there that are there for gluten, gliadin, gluten, and uh, wheat. And I'm telling you, Clark, two-thirds of people are lighting up sensitive to wheat, the non-gluten components of wheat, the gluten components of wheat. Huh. Uh, it's, and then what you do is obviously you put them on the program. You say, listen, you've got a problem here. Uh, you know, people want some evidence. Yeah, they, you know, they'll listen to your podcast, they'll listen to me, and they'll say, that's great, and you're just another person talking, giving me dietary advice. But when you show them the actual blood work that says, boom, we've got a massive problem here, yeah. let's correct it. And then let me say one more thing is that when you have, the problem is when you have that leaky gut, then things get into the body that don't belong, and then you have that massive amount of inflammation, and it's that inflammation that is linked to heart disease that is linked to cancer and strokes and diabetes and autoimmune diseases and everything else. So uh, that that link is really there and available. And it's um, uh, it's kind of fun for me as a, as a card, practicing cardiologist to see it because it just uh, it really just makes sense out of all of the nonsense over so many years where it was just you have heart disease because you're missing statin drugs. Your blood pressure is high because you're missing anti hypertensives right and I, I mean that was my next question is what's changed in the last five years in terms of knowledge around heart disease or knowledge around uh any other of the myths out there relating to heart disease well certainly in the medical space nothing changes in the medical space it is all pills it is all procedures the newest pill the newest procedure that's what it's all about but in the holistic space uh, I think it really is kind of putting putting everything together about how that sequence occurs. And the most common thing, once again, would be that you know you have that damaged intestinal barrier, and we know about the importance of probiotics, and we know about the importance of digestive enzymes. And when you have that damaged barrier, things get into the body that don't belong, and then you have this immune reaction to the foreign invaders. And all these different markers of inflammation that we look at, those are there because they're built to kill bacteria. They're built to kill viral particles. But yet these, we, our food particles are getting into the body or environmental pollutants and chemicals are getting into the body. And that sets off the immune system. And when the immune system's on fire, one of the collateral damage, no doubt, is the coronary vasculature and ultimately leading to heart attacks. Uh, and uh, people dying from heart disease. Uh -huh. So how does inflammation impact heart health? I know it's a basic question, but just, just set it up for people out there because if inflammation is a problem with the gut, um, we've had some shows on that, but how is it specifically affecting heart disease? Well, you know, the question is really is, is that, okay, we, we identify the markers of inflammation, but does that, that, what does that really tells us? It tells us that the fire is going on somewhere uh, but what it turns out is actually is that those markers of inflammation uh, are actually damaging in and of themselves. If you infuse a rabbit with, uh, with CRP, I mean, one of the main markers of inflammation you would have to say is a high sensitivity CRP. Mm -hmm. If you infuse a lab animal with CRP, it actually causes massive collateral damage just so, of itself. So it's not just a marker. Uh, it is actually causes damage in and of itself. And what it does is it gets to the endothelium, it gets to the lining of the blood vessels and allows for endothelial dysfunction. 
It disrupts things like nitric oxide. And nitric oxide, of course, is the main vasodilator, right? If you went to the emergency room and, they, and you had chest pain, they give you a nitroglycerin under your tongue. Well, we make our own nitric, um, uh, nitric oxide uh, with the uh, chemical symbol uh, NO. And that NO uh, uh, can, can be uh, used up, can be damaged, can be degraded. Uh, so that's one mechanism of how inflammation can scope and inflammation uh, can really just start breaking down tissue. It can start breaking down uh, collagen. Uh, you, it, it promotes uh, immune cell activation. So the uh, monocytes become macrophages, become foam cells into the coronary vasculature. And then all that inflammation and all that immune activation and all that oxidative stress that everybody talks about uh, just leads to just a massive pocket inside that coronary artery uh, that eventually explodes. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. So when it gets inflamed, there's a pocket and then it explodes. Um, how does, what's like the tipping point then? When does, when is someone at that risk or when is it close to exploding? Is there a way to That's find out? A great question, Clark. And I honestly, nobody knows what the culminating event is. I, although I will say this, Clearly, it seems a lot of when I ask people and I and doctors typically don't ask the questions, they just deal with the results. Uh, I look for some kind of inciting event that happened just prior. So uh, was there some stress in their lives? Uh, that was often the case. Was it, uh, you know, job loss, uh, the loss of a spouse, divorce, uh, monetary things? I mean, that can certainly play a role. Uh, or maybe it was some physical trauma that they have. Uh, obviously, I'm very well known for being on CNN uh, in a debate regarding uh, vaccinations and vaccine safety and necessity back in January of 2015. And I saw a patient a few years back when I was still in the hospital practice, of which I gave up in 2012. But I saw a patient and I was just asking questions. I said, what's happened stressful recently? And she said, not much other than the fact that I had a flu shot six hours earlier. So the woman had a flu shot six hours later has a heart attack. So you huh. put two and two together. Most doctors would say it's a coincidence. I'm a little smarter than that. Yeah. Okay. So there's not really one thing aside from more, uh, accumulation of stress or other things that could trigger that. Sometimes Clark, you know what the sun, the moon, the stars, they all align the right way. Yeah. Uh, and it happens, uh, you know, it's, we can't really say that it's exercise that does it or physical activity. We can't. We don't really have a good, uh, a, a good idea exactly of what that is. Yeah. So I know that heart disease is one of the leading causes of uh, death in America. Number one. number one. Yeah. Number one. Oh, okay. Uh, what yeah. is it? Like one in three die of that or something related? Yeah. yeah. Heart attack, stroke. Uh, cancer is obviously up there. It was interesting. There was a recent uh, article that came out saying that uh, uh, medical errors while in hospital or from pharmacies are the third leading cause after heart attack and stroke and cancer is actually fourth. Hmm. Okay. Scary. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Medical errors. That's not good. Um, so with heart disease being like the prevailing cause of death in the U.S., uh, what do those people need to do to reduce the risk or eliminate the risk or get better? What's your like recommendation to those people? I know you're talking to a lot of people out there uh, with this question, but what would you just start with? Well, you know, the, um, 
the reality is that all disease, whether it's heart disease, cancer, dementia, you name it, it all comes from two things, poor nutrition and environmental pollutants. So eat the right foods, eat the right paleo foods. Paleo, of course, as your listeners know, paleo is not a fad. Everything else is a fad. Paleo is what our ancestors have been eating for millions of years. It's very clear from the literature. Uh, our ancestors did not uh, die from heart attacks and strokes and cancer, just like uh, uh, animals that eat paleo and wild uh, do not dry, die of heart attacks, strokes, and cancer. We die because of poor nutrition and environmental pollutants. The first thing I do in my office, though, uh, is is I get them to go uh, gluten-free. I think gluten is such a major damaging molecule. Get them to go gluten-free. Uh, I tell them that if they can't follow 100% paleo, then they need to do three things. Always be organic, always be gluten-free, and always be soy-free. So you you may find me, Clark, over at the Natural Grocer, getting dark chocolate-covered almonds organic time to time. You may catch us celebrating with uh, Strauss's free-range grass-fed ice cream or some kind of uh, uh, dairy that we get, you know, raw dairy that we ship in from the Pennsylvania uh, Amish area. Uh, but we're always organic, gluten-free, soy-free, and uh, pretty pretty strict on, on the paleo front. But we've got two young kids. You know, life is to be enjoyed uh, food is part of that, so so we get it. But uh, for people looking for maximum cardiovascular and total body health, there's no doubt paleo is the answer. Okay, so organic, gluten free, soy free. Uh, I guess to start, why is the gluten just linked to the inflammation we spoke about earlier in the first part of this call? Is that why it's, yeah, it's up no, there? Yeah, there's no doubt. Obviously, that there is the entity of, of celiac disease. Uh, but uh, you know, people that are gluten sensitive, when we do the in depth testing on them. They are clearly sensitive. Uh, it clearly causes uh, leaky gut. We see the results before and after when they go gluten-free, and we see tremendous results. So we've been talking to patients for years uh, that are clearly gluten-sensitive, uh, feel much worse when they eat gluten. They don't need a blood test. They don't need any other answers. They know uh, what's, what stokes their issue. Uh, but uh, you know, getting the gluten out, soy obviously is, is heavily genetically modified. If, uh, and sprayed it with uh, the chemical Roundup, which does intense damage to the intestinal lining and causing leaky gut in and of itself. Uh, but soy is estrogenic. Soy uh, disrupts hormones. Soy disrupts uh, iodine and thyroid function. So we, we stay away from soy as well. Okay. And then, um, so this goes, people are listening to this and, you know, I think it's, it might be tough for the everyday person that we were talking about who's at risk for dying of heart disease, uh, the one in three American to hear about, you know, healing their gut and healing their environment. And okay, Dr. Wolfson, how is this going to help me with heart disease? This has nothing to do with my heart, my gut, uh, my body, my environment, my stress. And, um, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but what would you say to that, that complaint? Well, I would put it this way, Clark, real simply. Everyone's familiar in your space with leaky gut syndrome. Let's, um, let's extrapolate that to leaky heart syndrome. Hmm. There's leaky brain syndrome. This is all the same thing. The endothelia, the lining of the vessels, the lining of the gut, the lining of the blood-brain barrier, these are areas that are damaged. When they're damaged, things get through that don't belong, and then the body gets on fire. That's disease. That's yeah. how it all happens, and it's so, so simple. And if you understand that fact, you know more than 99.9% uh, of the medical doctors uh, out there. 
and it's uh, it's very exciting. But you know, listen, I mean, obviously, no one said our lifestyle is easy, right? The the world is absolutely against us. Food addictions are against us. Uh, the fast food, the corporations, everything in society is against us. The schools are against us and our children. Uh, but the, you know, all we can do with your podcast, your shows, what I'm doing is just you know continue to inform people and tell them the truth. What they do with the truth is up to them. I sit there in an hour and 15 minutes with new patient consultations and I give them the truth. My book, The Paleocardiologist, is about the truth. If you can't handle the truth, that's up to you. But uh, don't say you weren't warned. Don't say you weren't told. You know, just like the smoking industry, you know, now we know the truth about smoking. So you can't say that, you know, if you want to smoke, that's up to you. But you know the reality. Now we're telling people the reality. And if they can't handle that, that's on them. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, let's talk about healing the gut to heal the heart, the leaky heart, leaky brain, if you want to call it. Um, It's a really good bit we're on. So if someone's interested in healing the gut, we've talked about going organic, getting gluten out, removing soy. What are some other Dr. Wolfson protocols for healing your gut so that your heart is also healthy? Well, I think this is where, you know, maybe you see a lot of the people that are active in the bone broth space, you know, where bone is high in in a lot of the amino acid proteins that are so nourishing and healing to the gut. Um, I think any product that contains glutenamine can do it. I'm a big uh, fan of a a product called Butyrate CalMag uh, from a company called Biotics, but uh, butyric acid, so nourishing and healing to the uh, colonic uh, uh, epithelial cells, Um, you know, any of these, um, uh, you know, there's different nutritional supplements, there's an IgG powder, uh, whether it's, you know, maybe colostrum can have some role in this space, Uh, any of the anti-inflammatories can certainly do it, back to, you know, the bone broth, this could be a place where it really shines uh, as well, but just by going paleo, paleo, uh, is going to heal the gut. You need not do any supplementation on top of that. Just go paleo and it'll take time. And eventually those guts, you know, once you take away what's damaging the area, the body's natural response is to heal in every situation. You cut yourself shaving, you cut yourself, um, I don't know, on a tree branch, whatever it is, uh, the body's response is to heal and it will heal itself when you take away what's offending it. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day that it's a hard thing to grasp. And it kind of sucks, but so much of health comes from what we don't do, not necessarily what we do. And I think people listening to podcasts and people reading books, they're so focused on what to do. You know, which supplements do I take? How many hours do I exercise? What movements do I exercise on? What time do I go to bed? But ultimately, yeah. like if, if you're not removing the stuff that's damaging to you, none of that's going to matter. Well, that's one of the you know, main things that, you know, when it takes us back to, uh, you know, talking about going organic is that, uh, you know, no matter what diet you're on, just please do it organic. Uh, don't tell me you can't afford it because you can. Stop going to Starbucks. Stop getting your hair done. Stop getting your nails done. Don't buy a new car, uh, a new house. Don't go on vacation. You know, your food has to come first and organic food has to come first. Because then you are ensuring as much as you can uh, that, uh, that there's no pesticides, no chemicals in the food. If the pesticides are killing bugs, they are killing us. Uh, the herbicides, the insecticides, these are all kill and change our gut flora. And once you alter the gut flora, all bets are off. That's where disease starts. Yeah. So uh, do it organically if you like organic. Ice cream. If you like coffee, just do it organically. If you like, uh, uh, you know, a cake, you know, do it uh, organic and gluten free. Yeah. 
So I want to touch on um, saturated fat because I know that gets linked unfairly to heart disease, and it's gotten kind of debunked in the last five years or so. But it's still there's still people out there with the misconception that you know saturated fats are going to clog your arteries. That saying exactly. Uh, what's your kind of breakdown of saturated fat in particular to cardiology? Yeah, certainly that is the, the, the evidence is out there and the evidence has been out there really from the beginning. It was, uh, it was faulty research by, uh, Ansel Keys and others at the time in the 1950s and sixties. And this is well documented that, um, uh, you know, that, that they were, uh, paid, uh, chills by the, by the sugar industry hmm. to, uh, publish and, and falsify uh, their data to select out the data that they wanted according to the sugar industry and vilify saturated fat as the problem. And that's led to an explosion of all disease in the last 50 years. Uh, their premise is wrong. Doctors at the time knew it was wrong. And now the scientific evidence is very clear. Recent um, uh, you know, reviews, meta-analysis in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, 2010, 2014, on hundreds of thousands of people uh, shows that there's no link between sat fat and coronary artery disease. Uh, the uh, diet and uh, cholesterol hypothesis, there was a big meta-analysis uh, in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in 2015, which showed that there's no link. So the proof is there. I talk about this obviously extensively in my book, uh, saturated fat. I mean, can you imagine that somebody would ever say that a coconut is unhealthy and that a coconut can cause coronary artery disease when people have been eating coconuts? Uh, for, for tens of thousands of years. Islands in the South Pacific people, their diet is 50 to 60% uh, coconut-based, and they have no cardiac disease, even though they all smoke. Huh. Uh, it, is, <clears throat> it is really just a travesty of how uh, the corporations and the food corporations and the pharmaceutical companies have really combined to brainwash America. And like you said, people are still not coming around. They're still... Uh, you know, the vast, vast majority of cardiologists are still on this low fat theory. Uh, and then now you've got some of these vegans that are out there uh, and these, you know, the China study, which is total garbage. Uh, and, you know, some of these other uh, deprivation diets, as I call them, there's no society in the history of the world that's ever been vegan. Uh, all animals eat other animals or they eat bugs, uh, insects, etc. cetera, uh, or they eat both. So, uh, the vegan diet is totally deprivation, it's starvation, and the world is full of recovering vegans. Uh, and I think that the doctors that recommend the vegan diet are, are just experimenting on their patients and they're causing them harm. Hmm. Okay. So with the saturated okay. – yeah, <laughs> good rant there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so with the saturated fat and heart disease, um, I know it can have an inverse effect. It can actually help lower – uh, some heart disease, especially if you switch over to saturated fat from the inflammatory uh, vegetable oils, uh, just based on guests who've been on here, like Johnny Bowden was talking about all that. Um, have you seen that at all in your practice when people start incorporating more saturated fat uh, health changes at all? Um, first of all, I love Johnny Bowden, uh, and uh, he did, he wrote an endorsement for my book, and I think the world of him. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, listen, that, that's the reality is that. Uh, once, once you put them on the right diet and you get away all those, all those vegetable oils, what they told us were healthy, the corn oil, the soybean oil, the safflower oil, get rid of all that garbage, garbage and getting people eating real food, uh, you just see tremendous results. Yeah, the triglycerides drop, uh, the uh, uh, inflammation goes down, that's for sure how inflammatory those oils are. 
And and you're right, people just feel better. They're, I mean, the brain fog goes away, the energy comes back, uh, the, uh, the athletes uh, can have better endurance, can have better uh, recovery, better strength, setting new uh, records when it comes to uh, you know max reps and things like that. Uh, you, you name it, it's a sexual function. Uh, you know, look at uh, all of our hormones come from cholesterol. You can't make cholesterol uh, if you're going vegan. Uh, right. You're going to make cholesterol because you give your body the tools it needs, and that's where fats uh, come in. Cholesterol intake comes in. Cholesterol comes into the body, and that's how you form testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, aldosterone. All comes from the from the cholesterol molecule, the cholesterol that's been vilified falsely for so many years. Hmm. Uh, so we're seeing uh, tremendous. And I listen. I'm in practice five days a week in sunny Arizona, uh, and we see it. Let me tell you one thing about Arizona. Arizona is the uh, you know is the capital of sunshine, and we get so much sun there. And it's very interesting how. Uh, you know, there, there is a perfect level of cholesterol every caveman <clears throat> and caveman, a woman of us should have, and that's what we want to seek out. So how do we get our perfect numbers? Well, one thing is, is that at the end stage of cholesterol production, it can take one path or it can take the other. And one path it could take is the formation of vitamin D. Well, how are we going to form vitamin D? That's the sun. So you get tons of sunshine, and it makes that final conversion of the 7-hydroxy uh, cholesterol molecule and it converts over into vitamin D instead of ultimately converting into cholesterol and that's how you can help normalize your cholesterol levels by getting plenty of sunshine. Huh. Okay, that's really cool. And is this something we store in our body? Do we have to eat it daily continuously or how would you recommend we regulate the building blocks for those? Well, you know, uh, cholesterol formation it, it comes from a molecule called acetyl CoA. And acetyl-CoA uh, plugs into something we remember from, uh, from biochemistry called the Krebs cycle. But uh, acetyl-CoA is made eventually from either protein, fats, or carbohydrates. It's all broken down by the body eventually into acetyl-CoA. And then acetyl-CoA can loop back from there and eventually form cholesterol. Uh, and that's where the statin drugs work is that it blocks the formation of acetyl-CoA to the next marker and then eventually down into cholesterol. But we can make cholesterol from fat, carbs, uh, and, and proteins, uh, so it can be done in a variety of ways. And then, of course, acetyl-CoA can also go on into that ever-important electron transport chain to give us electrons to fuel the mitochondria, make ATP. Uh, so, uh, But, I mean, it's very clear. When you give the body the right nutrition, the right paleo nutrition is, as our bodies are designed uh, miraculous things can happen and we're capable of anything. Okay. And so is there a link between cholesterol and heart disease at all? Or is that kind of uh, overplayed? Well, it's certainly overplayed, but there's definitely a link. Uh, but the reality is, is that if you look at uh, cholesterol levels of, of between 160 and 260, there's really not any significant difference when it comes to overall mortality living or dying. But as you start getting to cholesterol levels of 300, 350, then your risk of death clearly goes up. Uh, and, and it's not normal to be in that range, but we can normalize it uh, by, by following paleo nutrition and the lifestyle. Uh, and like I said, sunshine, and we talked about you know, the importance of getting sleep and, and all these other factors you know, play a role. So yeah, to, to sit here and say cholesterol has no role, uh, we, we don't wanna say that. Uh, but clearly what happens is that after you have all, as you have all that cholesterol, it has to be stored. It has to be shipped around the body, and it's shipped into LDL 
uh, particles. And when you have all that abundance of cholesterol formation, then you have a lot of LDL particles, those LDL buses that are traveling around the body. And as they travel around, if they travel around too much and for too long, they start to get real small, they get to get damaged, and then they're taken up very avidly by, uh, by cardiovascular uh, 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 blood vessels. Uh, and that also leads to uh, inflammation, oxidative stress, and the whole cascade. So that's the long way of saying, yeah, we don't want our cholesterol levels too high, but we can normalize them in just about every circumstance with a paleo lifestyle. Great. And would doctors give those same numbers, the, the 160 to 260 or 150 to 250? Would they say that's normal or would they say something different? Like a standard doctor, if I'm getting my blood work done, I'm listening to the call. Well, here's what the standard doctors are doing now in the United States of America. They don't even care what your numbers are. They think statin drugs should be in the drinking water. And I know because I used to think the same way, scarily enough. Uh, that's how they feel. So they don't care what the numbers are. They don't care if your levels are, are 160 or 200 or 260. In their mind, everybody should be on a statin drug. They are just uh, they are so brainwashed. They are so controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, they're so afraid uh, of learning anything different I mean, because their job depends on them uh, uh, working a certain way. So uh, they see patients very rapidly. Here's your drugs. Go get your stress test. We'll see you later. Okay. Uh, I do want to touch on smoking briefly. I don't know if you work with any patients who have uh, have smoking habits or I'm sure there might even be a few people listening on this call who do. Uh, how does that directly impact your heart health? Uh, just like the snapshot version of it. I know it's kind of loaded. Well, you know, I, I think all the factors surrounding uh, smoking and uh, I, for, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, a lot of people that come to me, they're already on the health, they're, you know, on the health path. But I do have some that continue to smoke. Uh, and it is very difficult, obviously. It's such an addictive habit. That's right. how the products were designed. And, you know, clearly how, how the inflammation, the oxidative stress associated with all of the different uh, ingredients in tobacco smoke, of which we don't even know, uh, you know, that in there. Clearly, nicotine has an effect, like we talked about in the aforementioned nitric oxide, uh, interferes with nitric oxide uh, formation. Uh, and if we're not able to open up our blood vessels and keep those pipes, you know, flowing, uh, we're going to get vasospasm. It's going to lead to heart attack, plaque rupture, and all different kinds of uh, of issues. Okay. And what about like the vaporizer pens? Have you looked into any research on those? Those are huge right now. Yeah, those are huge. And I know there's obviously there's a lot of uh, synthetic chemicals that are in there, you know, the benzenes uh, and the other toxins, uh, including uh, nicotine uh, that's in there. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not like, you know, you can read this stuff like food labels to send information, uh, but there's no doubt it's just another form of poison, whether it's better than smoking, worse than smoking, who really knows, but uh, my wife traveling, coming back from a, a lecture uh, that we gave in Atlanta, and somebody was vaping just before we took off, and we brought it to the attention of the stewardess, uh, and she, you know, came over and, and said something to the person that smoking, or, you know, vaping is not allowed on, on flights, uh, but uh, can you imagine if someone tried to light up a cigarette? I mean, yeah. they would call in, uh, call in the authorities. But Be like for an some 80s reason, movie. They, uh, yeah, is, is, is not quite as big of a deal. Yeah, great. Well, Dr. Wolfson, uh, what are maybe some takeaways for people at home right now listening to this call? They're ready. They're motivated. They want to do things to uh, increase their health. Let's just say they're eating primarily organic. 
But what are what are kind of your go tos, your staples of what makes a healthy living? Well, there's really a few things, and I talk about a lot in my book, obviously, but I continue to push the power of the sun these days. There's so much information. The sunshine actually hits the hits the skin and releases nitric oxide from uh, from storage to improve vasodilation. So get sun, and if you live in areas you know where sun is difficult, make sure that you get sun, as much sun as you can uh, when uh, you know when possible. Uh, when in the sun's out there, make sure you're spending as much time. Uh, this is not a vitamin D story. Like take a vitamin D supplement, and yeah, you can you know from organ meats you can get some vitamin D, but it's really about the power of the sun. The data on vitamin D supplements is actually very weak. It raises levels, but it doesn't change mu- uh, much in the way of outcomes. Hmm. So make sure you get plenty of sunshine. Uh, spices, spices, spices. Get out your your grass-fed ground beef and get your you know get your stuff there and then open up the spice drawer and just add some of this and some of this and some of this and some of this. They're all little natural pharmaceuticals and even the best paleo people are sometimes deficient in spices. If you're making your eggs, dump it full of spices. Those eggs should not turn out yellow. They should turn out like the Dr. Seuss book that we read to our children, Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, they should be green eggs because they should be loaded with rosemary, thyme, oregano, uh, uh, bay leaves, marjoram, uh, you name it. Uh, all the different sea vegetables, throw them in, into the eggs. Nori, dulse, wakami, throw that in there. And then, of course, the benefit of the organ meats. Everybody's eating their grass-fed fillets these days and ground beef. But you got to get the organs. Our ancestors ate thyroid, thymus, adrenal, uh, liver, uh, kidney, heart. Uh, go ahead and get, uh, and get that as well. Uh, and then, of course, our paleo ancestors went to sleep with the sundown and awake with the sunrise. Do otherwise at your own peril. Okay. Great, great stuff, Dr. Wolfson. So you also have uh, quite a store of supplements on your site. Anything that you would recommend for people listening right now? Maybe they heard the call on heart health, uh, just reducing inflammation. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I mean, listen, obviously people question, you know, uh, you know, supplements and the supplements industry. If you go totally paleo, listen, for the first 35 years of my life, I ate garbage. I was in Chicago eating deep dish pizza and Italian uh, beef sandwiches and hot dogs. I got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, and that's where supplements can play a role. And even in this environment, the organic food is grown on suboptimal soil, suboptimal oil, uh, water, uh, and the air pollution uh, is is rampant. So even the best foods are deficient in nutrients, and we got to supplement them. And once again, we can use blood testing to see kind of what we need to supplement. But as far as the supplements that I have on my website, three things that really stand out. We have an amazing beetroot powder. It's an organic beetroot powder, 100% beets, uh, organic beets, no garbage in a glass bottle, no fillers, no citric acid, stevia, no flavorings, nothing. And beetroot is, is proven scientifically as a pure vasodilator, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, improves energy, impu- improves uh, exercise capability and muscle recovery. So that's a wonderful product that pairs well with our daily greens. And the daily greens is just an organic mixture uh, uh, with uh, plenty of fiber inside of a glass bottle, no fillers, no stevia, nothing like that. And then also our superfood, which is the chlorella spirulina. And spirulina is just magical. It reduces, we talk about normalizing cholesterol levels. A recent meta-analysis showed spirulina lowered uh, total cholesterol by 47 points in, uh, in randomized controlled trials. So that's exciting. And then chlorella is a tremendous detoxifier, uh, gets, uh, gets the heavy metals out of the body, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. This is real food. It's 100% real food. Great way to start off the day with what I call the triple combo, and that's how I start off every day uh, with the daily green superfood and uh, the beetroot powder. And I know you also have a book out 
the paleocardiologist. Is your website the best place people can go learn more about that? Yes, it is an Amazon bestseller. It is available on Amazon. I would okay. appreciate anyone's support because I make more money when you buy it from my website, thedoctorswolfson.com. Doctors is abbreviated DRS. Uh, but however you get the book, uh, please get the book. Give it, you know, uh, it's, 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 uh, it is cardiology, it is paleo, but really only two chapters talk about paleo nutrition. The rest talking about uh, just evidence-based heart and total body health. This is for anybody who wants to heal to get better. Over 300 references at the end of the book. Amazon bestseller, uh, very easy to read, great gift for your father, mother, aunt, uncle, grandparent brother, sister, anybody who's worried about cardiovascular health, uh, for sure, this is the perfect, perfect gift for them. Dr. Wolfson, thanks so much for coming on. This was fun. I'm going to make some green eggs and ham. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Clark. And cut. Dr. Jack Wolfson, everyone. You can find out more about him and his work, what he's all about, at thedoctorswolfson.com. That's D-R-S, doctors. Heart disease is very, um, can be daunting, can be overwhelming, can be a little scary. Again, one in three of the statistics of people who die from a heart disease or heart-related condition. Number one and number two, causing deaths right now. Um, So it's massive, and it was fascinating getting some clarification on a few points from Dr. Wolfson and his 14 years of experience in the field. It's paleohacks.com. If you want our previous shows, our archives are up there. Uh, Head on over to paleohacks.com. And a lot of you know, this is the last show for the Paleohax podcast. Um, We've been producing it now for three years, and we're just going our separate ways with it. Paleohacks is still going to be around, cranking out lots of amazing, informative content, mostly on social media, um, on the blog as well. And uh, I'll still be around as well, doing my own thing in the personal development, self-help, more like success, upgraded life niche, um, primarily on YouTube. I'm big on YouTube videos. So if you're not over there, search Clark Danger. It'll pop right up. Um, and I would love to keep in contact with you. I really would. You know, this has been a huge passion of mine for the past three years, this show and doing it every single week. I mean, the, the conversations and the guests and the prep you have to do and, um, and everything else. So, you know, I started as an intern, turned into my first job out of college and, uh, it's, it's, it's ready to move on. It's, it feels good. It feels good for, for both of us. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to new things and, I'll be over there. But next week, I am going to do some sort of sign-off episode. I haven't figured out uh, what exactly it'll be. It's around September 13th at the time of recording this. So I think this will be live in about a month. Um, We'll see. It'll still be in the works, but I'll see you back here for that uh, next week. Until then, I appreciate all your support on the show and the information. Um, We'll see you back here next week.